Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, guys, here we go. I'm back, and uh, I brought VJ Jones back with me. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about this upcoming Utah event that's uh, looming. We're going to talk about this Tuesday morning workout that we've been into these days that people seem to be very interested in. And i got another project on the horizon I want to talk about. Actually, a couple projects on the horizon I want to talk about. And I needed somebody to bounce all this off, and VJ made himself available. Thank you so much, VJ Jones. Say hello to everybody. What's up, guys? Just uh, over here working with Rich again. <laughs> you sound like you're asleep, man. Did, did that, you sure the workout yesterday didn't hamper your capacities today? You know, after uh, right after that workout, I went to work for a full day, and you know. On a, on a young body like mine, it was so stressful. <laughs> selling shoes for eight hours. That was, yeah. that was a hard one. It's telling lies and selling shoes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the... Yeah, uh, I, I almost have a, a slight guilt that goes into every Hoka sale that I Oh, make. God. And well, you should be guilty. You know what? You're going to go to hell for it. <laughs> you know what? That's what's going to happen. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying hard, single-handedly, to try to save people from themselves. And here for a few bucks an hour, you, you, you sell your soul to the devil. <laughs> now, mind you. Well, there, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah, I know. Mind you that there's uh, this new shoe they come out with. I don't know if you guys have that on the shelf yet. The Evo Jaws, their OCR style shoe. I don't know. Is that the one that's kind of like real low profile? Not a it's, big like a ra- it's like a racing flat with big lugs. Yep. What do you think about that? We don't stock that, but I've I've used that shoe. I raced uh, Chicago in it actually, and it's awesome. It's uh you know it's their first go at a, a lower profile shoe like that, and I think once they you know refine it a little bit, it's going to be really cool. So, well, I, I'm glad. Well there. I'm certainly glad to see that they're making a foray into sensible shoes, because you know up until this time, that's not been the case. It seems like that you know this this mattress marshmallow mentality that they've been following has <laughs> just been playing havoc on so many people and and my clientele as well so um i'm glad i mean listen it's not i have nothing against hoka i just wish that they would pay a little closer attention to what makes sense Sounds yeah, they're, like, they're slowly bridging over into that uh area they've come out with a couple more moderately cushioned shoes rather than that maximal cushion so yeah i half, think they're they're expanding it's pretty cool what do you call that half right? You know, it's a, it's a half truth. <laughs> when you get to this place where you identify, well, this is probably not the path we should be following. So let's just kind of neck it down just a little bit. We're still going to be wrong, but not as wrong just as we not used to be. all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I get it. I'm not in the business of selling shoes. I tried it for a while and I lost my ass on it. So I'm clearly not the shoe retail guy. But uh, interestingly enough, 
I've been noticing that on social media recently, a lot of people have been chiming in with the shoe selection that they made based on my recommendation and just happy as they could be with the newfound experience in the shoe that allows the foot to do what it's supposed to do. And guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not even going to use the name of the shoe. People will ask me later, but they don't pay me. They're not promoting me. And uh, even though under cover of darkness I've been promoting the Topo, I'm not going to tell people what shoe it is. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, let, <laughs> what, let's let's start off by uh, let's talk about Utah. That's coming up. What's your thoughts? You feeling good? Yeah, about um, I feel I feel pretty good. You know, uh, we've put a lot of work. You know, uh, we've put a lot of work into a lot of the flatter, faster courses. That's been kind of our our focus, you know, from Seattle to Chicago, that's been what we've been hitting hard at. So it's definitely going to change the dynamic of what, um, what I've been successful at this year. But, um, yeah, the last couple of weeks have been good, you know, a lot of climbing. So I think we're going to do well, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a course. You know, it's going to be hot in Utah. It's going to be a lot of climbing. So, um, I'm excited to see what the, what they have in store for us. Well, clearly the, the thing that you have to deal with is the speed of Ryan Wood. Uh, I assume that he's going to mm-hmm. come with guns blaring. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how many others that you really got to worry about. Well, Atkins can climb like a monster. He always can. So you, you never write him off. And it uh, looks like Robert Killian's got his little injury that he had figured out. So he's... He's coming off pretty strong after his win in Palmerton. He took down uh, Ryan Woods out there. So, well, yeah. uh, I think I think it's going to be a, a pretty stacked event. Well, um, you're right. I, I would not want to take anything away from either of those guys. Uh, obviously, in any given day, they're they're a threat. Um, I just have to say that Atkins seems like he's been a little flat lately. He's not really been performing as well as as he's known to, and I'm not terribly sure what's mm-hmm. behind all that. Um, so I don't know that I'm that concerned about him. Killian's a reasonable consideration for sure. Um, but I think that the guy that you really got to watch out for is going to be Wood. And assuming that he doesn't have a clean race, then you got a relatively cool shot. But we got some work to do still. We got, you know, we still got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of work to do. Uh, we got some heinous workouts planned that are going to help develop that <laughs> that uh, that mountain climbing skill. So uh, you're not going to be unready for that event. So I'm not too terribly concerned. If anything, you're going to show up on one of those little boxes holding up something. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, don't let me down, damn it. I'll try. <laughs> Let's talk about Tuesday mornings a little bit. I, I know we've been I've been posting some of these videos and on Instagram and in, on uh, social media outlets, and people are really seeming to get kind of excited about what we're up to. Uh, let's talk about yesterday's workout. And and the thing that I that I commented about on that post that I did with the video was the fact that keep in mind that was less than an hour workout, right? Right. Mostly, that's what they mostly are, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, realize we show up at 6 after we get done screwing around, get to where we're going to train, do the work, pack up, and get out of there. We're, we're still done inside of about an hour. 
I mean, yesterday was a little longer. I think we, we extended our time by about 10 or 15 minutes. But for the most part, we're in and out in an hour. And when I say in and, in and out, I'm referring to the fact that we got to climb down into that gully and get into, you know, it's a little bit of a trek to get in there. And that right. eats, eats a clock a little bit. So let's just say that it took us uh, six, seven minutes to get in, set up, six, seven minutes to get out. I mean, I, I guess where I'm alluding is that inside of that timeline, you can get a vicious, vicious workout that will prepare you for just about anything, don't you think? Um, I'm in total agreement. I mean, uh, I've been coming pretty consistently to your Tuesday workouts all year now, and um, the results have been showing. I mean, it's been really awesome having more OCR-style training days, you know, um, balancing between, you know, running days and some lifting, but getting that, you know, both of those things into one high-intensity kind of workout that we've been doing has been awesome. Well, I really think that about once a week, you need to tie some components together, right? Just kind of get that in your mm-hmm. quiver. I mean, uh, clearly, uh, the, the idea of focusing on a particular type of element, like going out specifically to run, going out maybe specifically to go fast, maybe specifically to climb a hill, maybe going to the gym and specifically lifting weights is beneficial. But tying these components together is what OCR is all about, and you could do really well in the gym, really well on the track, and show up at a race and suck, because you never really got a ch- <laughs> right. You never really got a chance to put your pieces together and see how they shake out, right? Yeah, I mean, um, being able to balance, you know, that running at a consistent heart rate and then spiking it in an obstacle, and then that brings down your transition time and you know really affects your race day. Right. And one of the things that we've been talking about a lot is the transition time from run to obstacle, obstacle to run. And historically, Mm -hmm. what I've seen is that a lot of the field, when they see the obstacle ahead, they begin slowing down, they start to shake it out, try to prepare themselves for what they're going to face. And then having done the obstacle, they're still kind of in, you know, reflection mode, and takes them a little bit to get their wheels <laughs> right to get their wheels back underneath them and start yeah, yeah. and start to run. So you start adding up the time that has been wasted leading into an obstacle and coming away from an obstacle, and try to imagine what's the average obstacle number between twenty and thirty obstacles, depending on the race, right? Yeah, that's about right. So let's just say that you're giving way 5, 10 seconds leading into an obstacle, 5, 10 seconds leading out of an obstacle, and multiply that by, let's just say, 20. How much time you've just pissed away um, in that whole transition period. And yeah, um, I just mentioned that uh, like two weeks ago. Um, I posted a video on Instagram talking about that. And say it's just only you know, three seconds, an obstacle and you get 20 obstacles. That's a lot of time just in the obstacle transition. So, um, it's, it's been really important and it's really affected, uh, my personal racing this year. Um, and it's also kind of a mental decision, um, knowing that you're going to run right to the start of the obstacle, go through it. And as soon as your feet touch the ground, you're going to pick up where your run left off. It's, it's almost like a style of racing you have to adapt. And uh, I think that only comes from practice. Exactly. And you have to prepare yourself for it. You can't just decide you're going to try to do that at the race. You're going to have to fail mm-hmm. a couple times. You're going to have to get out there and make those mistakes 
in practice so that you know kind of what that feels like and what are what you might or might not be able to get away with. You might find that just, you know, going uh, hog wild into an obstacle and you fail the obstacle and then, you know, there, where's that at, right? You're screwed. <laughs> so you got to figure it yeah. out. You got to figure out whether you can get away with it or not. So this goes back to the, the act of practicing these type of things. And I think that what happens with right. a lot of people is their focus is too much on the element that they're facing. So I'm going to get good at going across a rig. I'm going to get good at climbing a rope, flipping a tire, whatever. But they're not thinking in terms of what precedes or follows the obstacle that they're dealing with. And there's a big time lag. Right. And, and so the horror stories that I hear of someone that missed podium by a minute, you know, in some cases less right. than that. And if you reflect back on all the time wasted, you could have very easily made a big move that would have made a big difference. Even if, even if let's just say, for example, the guy you're racing against is faster than you, but he keeps giving away a lot of time into these obstacles and back. You could readily make up a few minutes in the race that he had been taken away from you during the race. Yeah, I found that a lot this year. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that are just really proficient runners, but the way they handle their obstacles isn't, you know, as proficient as their run. So being more of a specialist on the obstacles has been like closing that gap. So I'd be running, they'd put five seconds on me. As soon as we got to an obstacle, I was neck and neck with them again. So that really makes for an interesting race. And if you can put both the run and the obstacles together, it really, it'll, it'll improve your results. So the thing we did at the track the other day, actually a couple times we did at the track where I laced that climbing rope along the, um, I guess what do you call the it? Railing. The railing? Yeah, the hand railing. And you got to come off the track and onto that rope and balance your weight against that wall and hand over hand across the wall and then get back onto the track again. I think that was, I mean, my intent from the start was there to get you to a place where you have to face something that's relatively challenging off of a dead run while you're relatively blown out, you know, you, cause we did what a mile into the, into the, the, what are we going to call that thing? What yeah. We... You had a, you... um, I don't know. It was like a, the Diaz. <laughs> don't put my name on it. Like a harder version of Olympus. Um, but yeah, it was, we did a three mile time trial. You know, you did a, a hard mile, go right into the rope, uh, traverse there. Um, and then right into another mile and you stopped after each mile. So that was definitely a, a really intense one. And coming from a hard mile where your heart rate's already high and then you got to get everything in control and running right into the obstacle is definitely awesome practice. And then running straight into another mile hard. Right. What was your, your finish time? I think coming off that was like 1730 ish for uh, three miles plus those three obstacles. Yeah, something like that. That's, you know, I, I right started to speculate what your time would have been if we just kept down the track. <laughs> I, I kind yeah, of... um, I seem to do better if we actually throw in some obstacles because my body's adapted to working with them so much. It's almost like a rest for me. So, yeah. Well, I, I try to calculate what the average time was to get across that rope. And I don't know, I figured it to be about 20 seconds for you, a little longer for the other guys. Something like that. Yeah. So, about right. so you're looking at about a minute. So if you if you were to subtract that, you know, without real, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you went into the project cold. You didn't know what was coming. 
and still, yeah. you know, still you didn't pop- even give us a warm up. You just like three time, <laughs> three mile time trial today. You still popped off uh, about a sixteen minute five k. You know, that's not too shabby. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, just the idea, and you know, I mean, in your heart of hearts, you know that when you start rounding that turn around three hundred meters on the track, you know that that you're setting yourself up for having to get onto that rope. So even subconsciously, mm-hmm. you already start to slow yourself down a little bit, and and there there lies the enemy. What do you do? How do you do? What you need to do to contend with that that uh, speed bump, so to speak? Um, that's where the the mental kind of decision comes in for me. You know, um, the, I used to be the guy that would slow down before the obstacle, kind of walk into it, and then take a couple steps walking out of it and then bring up to a jog again. And earlier this year, the first race of the year, I said, you know, we've been practicing it. I want to see how this works in a race. So I actually started speeding up right before an obstacle just to see how that would respond. Um, And that kind of gets you in a mental attitude of, you know, you're going to carry your speed all the way into this obstacle and and you're going to handle it. So um, now it's just a habit. I don't usually slow down before an obstacle at all. If anything, I speed up because I know that I can complete the obstacles. I feel confident and I know I'm proficient enough to where, you know, that's going to be saving me time. And, and when it comes down to, you know, races that are that close, when, you know, you're only 30 seconds behind or ahead of someone, those, those are the seconds that count. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which leads me very nicely into the reflection I've had in, in respect to this project that I've talked to you about. I realize who I am. I'm this fly on the wall, right? And obviously I have Mm -hmm. the opportunity and for the years and years now been assessing the athletic potentials of all these OCR athletes over the last three years or so. For people that don't know what I'm talking about, I've traveled all over the country East Coast, West Coast, the South, North. I've been all over the place over the last three years with the sole purpose of doing clinical evaluations on athletes. And primarily, I mean, 99.5% of them are OCR athletes. Some of them come to me, some of them I go visit, and some of them elite, some of them are just, you know, mid-packers that are just having a good time and want to get better. And so, again, I'm like this fly on the wall. I'm just looking at how things are shaking out, looking at how people are faring, what they're doing that's working, what they're doing that's not. And the thing that's been like on my mind lately is I believe that the sport is so new and it's so unique opposed to, say, running, you know, just running. People get into running. First thing they do, they set out to maybe do a 5K. You know, their, their friends go them right. into, hey, we're going to go do this 5K we're gonna do, or 10K. And then they start working their way up. They're like into a half marathon. Then, you know, maybe one day they get together and they brave a marathon. And so they collectively and over time, they evolve to develop some race experience. Even if they're not going through some clinical analysis to determine what their threshold is, so on and so forth, they start to learn what they can or cannot get away with. I feel that in OCR, now I might be wrong, but this is just my observation. I think there's a lot of people that have just jumped straight into this sport because their friends have encouraged them to do it, which is cool, 
mind you. This is cool. Mm -hmm. And say, hey, look, you're going to get through it. I promise you, we're going to help each other. And, you know, I'll help you over the wall. And we help each other. And this is great. It's, <laughs> it's all about the camaraderie. Nobody gives a damn uh, how long it takes. We're just going to have a good time with it. And, uh, right. and again, I want to be clear about this. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a good time. It's a healthy outlet and much better than sitting on the couch eating Doritos and bonbons. <laughs> but in the back of most of the people's minds that I speak with, they're interested in trying to improve upon their performance. So let's just say the Definitely. first, yeah. So let's just say the first couple three times they tried it, it was for shits and giggles, and but they're thinking, geez, I wonder if I had pushed a little harder or trained a little more often, how much better I might have done. And and then you right. got yeah, so you got these guys that also have just kind of jumped in, and lo and behold, they're doing really well right out of the gate. But they really have not benefited from the experience of training as training should be. So I guess what I'm saying is I know a lot of people in the sport that really don't train. They race. Right. Right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I know a lot of athletes, you know, just locally in the L.A. area. The Spartan community is huge. And there's groups that meet up and stuff and they work out. But a lot of people just, you know, do mild activity during the week and stuff. But they sign up for a lot of races and that's that's where they get most of their, you know, obstacle experience and training and stuff, but everything else is kind of light, but it's really leisurely for them. Um, well, they're way in so over their racing head. racing is their training. Yeah. Commonly, right. way, they're way in over their head. And uh, I'm not going to throw this particular person under the bus, but somebody that I'm coaching, and you know how it works, VJ, because, you know, I coach you. I'm posting mm -hmm. exercises and workouts that they're going to do every day, weekly, I schedule when their rest, rest is going to occur, what work they're going to do leading into the rest, what what they're going to do uh, that's going to lead them into the event they hope to compete in. Right. So I'm kind of laying the groundwork here. I can tell, because I'm getting the analytics, I can tell whether they did the work. I can tell how much of it they did. I can tell whether they did poorly, whether uh, various aspects of what they've done was, was done correctly. And that, that gives us an opportunity to talk about what to do next and, and how to correct the problems, right? So I get a conversation with someone that is going to Palmerton. And we're now, like, this is like on a Monday, and Palmerton is the weekend following. And right. the question that I get is, so how does my taper look for this week? All right. And I'm like befuddled because I'm looking back into the training and I'm seeing that like really for the most part, only about 25% of the work that I prescribed has been done. And so my question was, what do you feel like your effort was leading into this race? Was it a 50% effort, a 80% effort? What, give me a sense of where you are with your contribution to this race. And we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% or less. And so my, my question then was, do you feel like you need to taper after you gave 
It's like, you know what I mean? It's almost like, I think we need to try to jam some more work into the week before you head up there because yeah, really. you're going to get hit over the head, right? And and so I'm kind of building here, okay? I'm building, I'm building up to this conclusion. And the conclusion in this regard is, I really think it would be cool to develop a start and end training template for those folks that want to really, really improve in their ability to race next season. And the focus being exclusively on functional strength and all the preliminary things you should be doing to prepare yourself to run better and to develop running skills and knowledge and awareness of how your body responds to work leading up to an event which ultimately would culminate inside of about 16 weeks. So nothing really, you know, extremely specific, you know, personalized for, you know, elite performance, but a more generalized kind of template for, you know, the aerobic base building phase, you know, going into um, maybe some kind of speed workout later on. But, you know, just building from start to finish, like almost like a couch to 5K kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's a good analogy. But the point being is that let's just say that we de develop a start date. We are going to okay. get everybody to do a time trial. We're going we're gonna to give them the script. We're going to tell them very precisely what they should be doing and what they should be preparing for and what they need in order to be ready for this. And we're going to have a start date. And everybody's going to start on the same day. Now, they're not all going to get the same script. So if you fill out your questionnaire or whatever it is that we give them, and it suggests that, well, I'm really kind of new to this, I've really got no new running experience per se, then what we're going to provide you is going to be different than the guy that says, look, I'm already crushing it. Uh, you know, I could smoke a, a half marathon in blah, blah, blah time. I just want to get better. Right. It's going to be the script and the training protocols are going to be developed very precisely for that type of individual. And then so the checks and balances all through that 16 weeks is going to be very progressive, very, very uh, consciously prescribed, where that come D-Day, where we're going to have an event. It's going to be virtual. So everybody around the country, around the world, wherever they do this, is going to have a distance and a course that they're going to, they're going to compare themselves to. So it's not about like me against you. It's going to be like, I started this journey on this day and I concluded this journey with this crescendo, the, the day that I did this event, and it occurred on this day. And we're going to okay. we're gonna collect this information on social media so other people can see the progress. And I know, I mean, this is not my first rodeo. I've done this before, but done it in different ways. Well, quite frankly, I wrote a book, right? I wrote a book that, that, that prescribes this type of thing where you could, if, if your goal was just, I want to run a marathon or half marathon, 10K, 5K, whatever it is, I created a template that was very precise and, and will take you to that goal. The problem, and the reason I'm not even reaching into that book and using this as the go-to is that this is OCR. It's different. And we need to take into account the challenges that are necessary because at the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to get better at OCR. So, and as we've been posting a million times to Sunday, my hashtag, you can't win if you run like shit, 
Mm-hmm. Well, well, we're going to try to help people not run like shit. And my goal would be that at the end of this, this journey, these 16 weeks, everyone that participates in this is going to be a far better runner than they were when they started. And awesome. I, I mean, I say that with confidence. I, I'm very confident that if people do what they're told to do, which is obviously, you know, part of the guarantee. It's like you, you have to do what right. you're told. I mean, obviously enough, life gets in the way and some people are going to have some missteps here and there. But let's just say that you gave a 70% effort to the process. I will guarantee that individual okay. that at the end of that timeline, they will be a better runner and their times will drop. I have a client that I'm working with now, I'm coaching, who just, uh, I think he finished fourth at the Arizona Stadium race. And, cool. Yeah, and, and look, the guy's coming up. He's, he's going he's gonna to be hitting some podiums. His focus is stadium races. It's what he likes to do. He feels like that's you know where he's going to shine. And his name is Cash, by the way. So, Cash, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. And I'm bringing this up because we were just having casual conversation, and I was kind of unloading this idea on him. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, it's great. He goes, you know, by the way, he said, uh, I got to know you because I read your book and I basically followed what you prescribed in that book and I did the 5K thing. And when I started, my PR was 23 minutes. And at the conclusion of the template and, you know, following it verbatim, I, I PR'd, my finish time was 17 minutes. That's amazing. He dropped from 23 to 17 minutes. Next conversation was him calling me saying, I want you to coach me. <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what his uh, PR is today, but I'm sure that he's getting better and better and better. He's just the knowledge has been a big thing for him and it's really making a big difference. And I just start thinking, wow, what a cool thing. If we could just like globally approach a bunch of people for, uh, I mean, a, an inexpensive project. OK, you're not going to spend a ton of money to do this. And have the tools you need so that going into the season next year you just kick ass you just you're like way out there beyond your own expectations and so that's in the works vj that's awesome i mean having some i know that like you know your elite training package is you know a little out of budget for a lot of you know more age group or just lower elite you know level people so something that they could have access to that would you know improve their performance you know by however much would be awesome well look at the end of the day you have to appreciate that yeah it's it's not inexpensive to have a coach that is going to be on board with you and have conversation with you every week and write your programs every week and and you know review video with you and and look at the analytics of all the things you've done and lead you into a race and out of a race and deal with, you know, that's a lot of commitment mm-hmm. on, on the part of the coach. And the price for that is really about, um, what's the words I want to use? It's like um, separating the wheat from the chafe, you know? Uh, I mean, people are, yeah, I'll try, I'll try the $50 a month thing for a while and see how that works. No, I mean, if you really want somebody to commit to you, you it, the commitment's on both parts. So, but that's not even what I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about, and, and let's be truthful. You know, in this sport today, there's only a handful of people that are making a living, and they may justify the expense of 
taking on a coach that's going to be shouldering up and the coach is willing to do it. But most people, they're doing it for recreation and it might, might be way out of their budget to, to take on a coach like that. But this process, I think, right. is going to be a little bit different than a lot where you're going to get some interaction and the principles that are going to be applied are tried and true. The, the book I wrote that is about developing a training program for runners, I wrote, I, I don't even recall precisely, but I think it's been about nine years ago. And over the course of those nine years, all the successes that I've seen from people that have followed the script. And all we're going to do is adjust this a little bit so that it's precise for OCR. And I've had people ask me, say, hey, I read your book, so you know, what do I do for la, 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 because I'm doing OCR? I said, wrong book. <laughs> I said, that's not the book for right. you. I said, and so I wrote it. And I'm telling you right now that that's, that's not going to care for you when you're planning on running up a mountain or running down a mountain because there, there's, you know, that was designed for somebody who's going to get on pavement and run the Boston Marathon or, you know, the L.A. Marathon, right. something like that. So it's a completely different animal, really. But anyway, I, I hope to shake this out. I hope, and obviously enough, I'm going to get you involved, VJ. I, I want you to wet your whistle on this coaching project. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to get you to a place where, you know, you can learn to bullshit the bullshitters like the old man. <laughs> Heck yeah. DHP Jr. Yeah. Uh, we could call you VHJ or a VHP. VHP. Yeah, we'll see. DHP and VHP. All right. So um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about briefly, actually a couple things, but briefly, is that first of all, going to Killington next week, long-awaited third visit to Killington to do our clinic there, which I'm very excited about. There was a few bumps and grinds with the resort and what have you, but all that's cleared up. We've got everything cleaned out and. You know, so they bulldoze the resort like a couple of weeks before we're supposed to get there after everybody's already made the reservations. Bang. Yeah. You know, and so we, we had a punt. We had to find a new place to stay. But that all worked out very nicely. Actually, I think it's going to be a lot better given where we're going to be and all the circumstances that are associated with it. Full house. Uh, I think there's going to be more people at this clinic than any clinic we've ever done, which is kind of. Wow. Yeah, kind of scary, but. <laughs> you know, it's it's cool. We're going to get it done. I'm going to have a lot of fun, too. You know, it's going to be cool. But the thing that I wanted to bring to light is that I want to do another super clinic here next January. We did it this year in January. We had Yancey come out. We had a sellout crowd, by the way. Tons of people. And what an amazing clinic that was. Being here on the home turf, Having a chance to take people out first after after wearing them out in the lab, doing all the diagnostics, doing all the lectures, all the issues with treatment of injuries and dealing with this and that, program design, nutrition, all this information that's going to be nonstop for two days and then leading right into the track to do the video analysis on the track, do some work on the track, do some work in the stadium, and then hightail it to the little, I don't know what we're going to call this place. This is like the outdoor lab. I, I, I want to call it something because it's, it's like part of the deal now, right? What do we call this place? Which one? Where we were the, yesterday. Uh, our, our gully yeah. location? Yeah. 
It's got to um, have a, we got to give it a fancy name because it's, people go, hey, where is that? And I, I just want to give them something that's going to throw them off. You know what? Let me brainstorm on this. It's going to have an official title. We're going to put up a sign. Yeah. We're going to. Maybe get like a flag. It's going to be your. Yeah. <laughs> we'll set it up. People see it from the road. They'll have to stop and check it out. And, and I made the comment yesterday that this is probably the coolest place to train for OCR, uh, where you can get access to all these various circumstances and get it all done under an hour and have a really, really solid training program. So Yeah, it's awesome. It has, you know, like open flat running, hill running, uh, technical uh, situation with rocks and stuff, where also locations where we can set up obstacles, different training scenarios. We even yesterday were contemplating, you know, some kind of a rig setup to have yeah. uh, set up over there during Tuesday. So it's a really cool spot. Well, you know what I also, also like about it, and just happened to be kismet, was that, if you do the entire loop on the flat trail, it's exactly one mile. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just so cool because it could have been random. It could have been like, you know, yeah, 1.3 or 0.85 or something like that. But knowing that if you just like we're trying to establish a PR on that flat trail course, you know, it's a mile. So you do it twice, three times, five times, ten times. You could figure it out, and it's it's and it's got a little bit of undulation. It's not just a flat trail, and then of course we can introduce those hills, which has always been fun. So, I really love that spot. But then after we get done playing there, where we start to identify talent, mistakes, corrections, up and downhill, technical terrain, flat trail running, the following day we're going to take them to the Santa Monica Mountains, and we're going to get up into the get up into the shit we're going to do some some radical climbs up up into the hills i guess mountains would be more technical i guess uh it's mountains right it's not not a hill it's steep i think the uh oh yeah it's definitely mountainous terrain yeah so we're going to get up in the mountains like we did last year we did i think we we ended up throwing about um i don't know three and a half to five miles and it was straight up and straight down before we got on the sand dunes and did the heavy carries in the sand dunes, bucket carries and all the crazy stuff we did on the sand dunes. And then we went down on the beach and did some beach training, some functional strength, got people wet, turned them into sugar cookies, rolled them around in the sand a little bit. And for, so basically for three days, it's just off the hook. And I want to create that again. I'm not sure who the special guest is going to be this time. But I have a few people in mind. I'm not going to release that information until I'm confident that I have them on board. But, of course, you're going to be there, right, VJ? Oh, of course, yeah. I, I missed the third day last year. I didn't get to go to the beach with you guys. So I'm definitely going to make up for that loss. Yeah, I think uh, what was I think Yancey broke his foot on the beach last year. <laughs> he, he, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember hearing about that. I think he broke his fifth metatarsal or something like that. I remember he stepped on, he was jumping into the ocean, he stepped on a stone uh, just the wrong way and, and broke his foot, which, uh, you know, it would, the fortunate end of it was we were almost done by that time, so he didn't have a lot more to do. But anyway, lots of stuff in store, and... Uh, I, I'm going to apologize now because I've been a little tardy with the podcast. I've just got a lot of stuff going on right now. And, I, you know, excuses are like assholes. Everybody's got one. But 
<laughs> I just uh, I just been tied up with a lot of stuff, and I just really haven't had a chance to to get out here as often as I I should or like. So pay attention because we're coming back. We're going to stay strong. We're going to keep this going. And um, anybody that's listening to this that knows how to reach out to me on social media or what have you, let me know how interested you might be in this project we talked about. And obviously enough, if you're interested in attending the Super Clinic next year, registration is already available on the site. So you go to naturalrunningcoach.net, you could sign up for it. It's a little bit more expensive than the typical clinics that we do because we've added a day. We've added, I mean, when I say added a day, I mean we added a day. There's like a, a full day of things going on and just there's just a ton, ton more value in this particular scenario opposed to all the, the travel clinics that I do simply because I'm traveling. I got to fly there. I got to get a hotel. I got to rent a car. All this stuff's got to happen. Mm -hmm. It just eats up a lot of time and it limits my ability to get cash. Where here, it's like at my home, we do the work. We were in the secret lab. And, you know, so my wife's going, you, you realize it's seven o'clock, Richard. You've been going since like six o'clock this morning. And I'm, <laughs> she goes, and you haven't eaten yet. You know, you might want to. And it's like the next day, do you, Richard, you know, it's 8.30 and you're still going and you haven't. And I'm like, but I'm so pumped. I'm so <laughs> excited about the whole project that that I just don't have time. I mean, I'll eat when I'm done, right? And, uh, and of course, I can live off the land anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, VJ, I expect great things from you in Utah. And incidentally, congratulations in Chicago. I know that was uh, a, quite a suffer fest dealing in all that mud and what have you. It was fun, though. I mean, it was definitely different than, uh, you know, some of the lighter mud we've had earlier in the year. So the entire, almost the entire course was some kind of mud obstacle. So it, it was fun, and it was really a confidence booster being able to, you know, yeah. set a new record, get up on that second place spot. And, uh, yeah, we're climbing the ranks. I know you're probably paying attention to it. What are your point standings compared to the rest? Actually, I kind of I got discouraged in the championship series because I started it with such a bad finish. I started with 10th place in uh, San Jose. I just didn't have, you know, our nutrition really worked out yet. But um, now I have a second and a third, you know, going into that. So 10th, second, and third. I'll have to balance that out. But I know we might be throwing it in for a top five, actually. So nice. um, Utah is really going to solidify whether we're you know, in the top five or not. And I think, I think we'll be able to hang on to that spot. I think it's going to be good. Well, you need to, uh, you need to get on that podium. The taller the step, the better. <laughs> Always. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, I, obviously I'm going to talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. We're going to sign off and uh, remember what I said, reach out to me. Let me know what's going on. If you want to participate in any or all of those circumstances that I just laid out for you, give us a shout. Bye, everyone. We had a great time. <laughs> Dude, you sound like you're about to cry. Say it again. With gusto. You, you love people. You're so... Right. Ready? Go. All right, I got it. Thank you for stopping by, everyone. We had a great time with you. Hope you absorbed some awesome information and you're pumped for what's coming. <laughs> there you go. That's better. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook, 
simply go search the Natural Running Network, drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.